Upwork has the world's largest network of independent professionals. So if you need a UI designer, hey guys, Kevin, a full stack developer, this is Madeline, or a whole team of designers and developers working together, hey, you've got the full team here. Uh, myself, Rachel, Adam, and Stephanie. Hey, hey everyone. Hey, how's it going? Hi. Upwork has agencies too, available for six weeks or six months. When you need in-demand talent on demand, Upwork is how. The other night, I asked my youngest child what he thought about his new secondary school. He considered the matter and then said, "It's not very chilled." At first, I thought it comic that he expected this expensive traditional school to be chilled, and judged it a failure for not being so. I pointed out that I wasn't spending fifteen thousand pounds a year in order for him to learn how to chill, as he appeared to have picked that up already. He looked at me with a puzzled smile. But then I stopped thinking it funny. How could I have allowed him to reach nearly twelve years of age without knowing this most vital fact of life? That chilling or chillaxing, as he even more annoyingly calls it, should not be the first thing one does, but the last. Only when one has done everything else, like finding one's shin pads and learning one's Latin vocab, is it time to take it easy. Yet chilling, or vegetating, as I prefer to call it, is now seen by children as the natural order of things. Many of them, boys in particular. Still expect life to be chilled when they arrive in the workplace. This is much more of a risk to employers than the other things they berate school leavers for, like an inability to spell or add up. Last week, I read that city bankers were being encouraged to go into local schools to teach young kids employability and school leadership. I have no idea what either of these things are, but I hope they amount to drilling pupils in anti-chillaxing measures. Bankers should be attempting what parents like me have manifestly failed to teach their children: that chillaxing is neither cool nor virtuous. The lesson is simple and catchy: to make money, forget chill and go for skill and will instead. This staggeringly obvious lesson is considered pretty daring in management circles. When Robert Rosen recently published *Just Enough Anxiety*. Which argued that pressure is vital to success, everyone gasped in amazement. But it's clearly true, even though to be chilled might be very zen, it does not lead to success. To succeed in corporate life or in any competitive field, one must be driven, obsessive, and hardworking. To see if there are any exceptions to this rule, I typed "chilled CEO" into Google. All I could find was the CEO of a company called Chill International announcing the launch of a new menopausal cooling towel, which wasn't really what I was looking for. Given that chillaxing inexorably leads to failure, it's important to establish where it comes from. I suspect it's a mixture of nature and nurture. Some babies are born more chilled than others, and unless subjected to anti-chill drill. Tend not to snap out of it. If one divides the working population into the chilled and non-chilled, interesting patterns emerge. The young are more chilled than the old, and Southern Europeans more chilled than Northern. Last week, I spent two days at a board meeting in Spain. 
Over one late dinner, the Spanish were still calling for more dishes at midnight and looking increasingly relaxed, while the British were becoming increasingly agitated. It made me wonder if the chill factor was more of a barrier to different nationalities working well together than the language one. Even more interestingly, whatever position people occupy on the chilled-unchilled spectrum, they're inclined to regard those on either side as deficient. I am deeply unchilled, both by disposition and by choice. I regard anyone more relaxed than I am as lazy, passive and sloppy, and those who are even less relaxed as uptight and obsessive. When I joined the FT many years ago, I sat next to a woman who was spectacularly unchilled. Though I quite liked her as a person, as a colleague I found her neurotic, controlling and overly ambitious. One day we went out for a drink, and she said that she envied me for being so happy just to bumble along. In other words, she didn't envy my chill in the slightest. She thought me a fool and a failure in the making. The chill factor is one area where diversity simply does not work. It's best to work with people who have a similar appetite for chillaxing. In my time, I've had relatively chilled bosses who left me feeling angsty and undermanaged and profoundly unchilled ones who left me feeling harassed and persecuted. Just as it's hard to work with people with a different chill factor, it's painful doing work that requires more or less chill than one is accustomed to. Indeed, in last week's board meeting, there was a long discussion on the Walker Report's likely recommendations for corporate risk registers that made me suddenly feel a pang of sympathy for my son. I knew the discussion was important, and I knew I must pay attention. But inside, a little voice was complaining, This isn't very chilled. As I write, I'm aware of a towering counterexample to the theory. Barack, no drama, Obama has the most powerful job in the world, but also seems pretty chilled. Yet I'm prepared to bet my own house that Obama didn't get to the White House by chillaxing. He has pulled off the ultimate trick, to be driven and look relaxed. He is a dangerous example to the young. When they see Obama on the TV, they should be told, don't try this at home. Learn your Latin vocab instead. Brought to you by Capital One, where you can open a savings account in about five minutes and earn five times the national average. Just imagine, five times more savings toward that overdue home edition, maybe even an addition on that edition. This is Banking Reimagined. What's in your wallet? Capital One and a member FDIC.